This is what you're fighting for. I mean, every day you're out there. What they're doing is blowing people off. If you continue to look the other way and shut up, then the oppressors, the authoritarians get total control and total power. Because this is just like in Arizona. This is just like in Georgia. It's another element that backs them into a quarter and shows their lies and misrepresentations. This is why this audience is going to have to get engaged. As we've told you, this is the fight. All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, welcome back. It's Ash Wednesday. It is uh, the 20th of February in the year of our Lord, 2023. We are trying to track down. We were going to start with a little uh, about Lent with Father McTeague, our favorite uh, Jesuit. Uh, we're trying to track him down. Also, John Mills uh, hopefully will join us in a little while to give us an update of what's happening out at Oak Ridge. It's kind of very murky uh, right now. But we just had Peter Navarro. I want to continue on this discussion. I got Naomi Wolf here. Naomi, you've got other research reports we want to talk about, but I got to ask you about this WHO. You were very helpful with us back in, I think it was in the spring of last year when people were all over this. It seems to, to uh, have raised its head. Peter Navarro has kind of gone off the chain on this thing and said, we got to get focused on this. This is really bad and it's just unacceptable. Give, give us your thoughts since you were so important the last time around. Thank you. And I want to really credit James Roguski, who really uh, sounded the alarm early on when this was going to be buried. So these people, they're like a hydra. You know, you can kill, you can lop off one head metaphorically uh, and think you're safe. And then another one will just rise up and come at you. This is the same global treaty that we were threat with which we were threatened, um, I think, four or five months ago. Uh, and it, it's a treaty that is a World Health Organization treaty that basically declares that when the WHO says there's a pandemic, however they define pandemic, they get to kind of take over um, operations uh, related to public health and global health that would previously been the pro the domain of that nation state. So it's basically dissolving nation states, which is what these globalists always want to do. They hate the nation state because the nation state empowers citizens and the nation state is what you need to have a democracy. So it's it's back again, um, you know, it, it like a horror movie. And uh, basically, uh, once again, they're kind of sneaking in when there are a lot of distractions, a lot of drama happening on the chessboard to um, draw our attention away from it. But it's, uh, and it's, there are not a lot of details that I can find, but basically it's the same pre premise that it's a global treaty. Um, they want 127 nations to sign it. Uh, they want the United States to sign it. The United States, I believe, is planning to sign it. Um, and basically it does hand over kind of our sovereignty. There's no other way to put it to what will be a kind of a global health police um, and, and giving all of the decision-making to the World Health Organization which, of course, is funded by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation disproportionately and um, their best friends, the Chinese Communist Party. Plus, it's, it's in Geneva. And I keep trying to tell people, we want to make sure people get oriented here. When we talk about the United Nations, the kind of showtime in the place where there's all high drama is New York City with the, the amazingly elegant building. And it's, you know, it's, it's got it's had so much coverage over the years and so many dramatic moments. But that's a very small part of it. The, the engine room where the work really takes place is in Geneva. Right. right. And, and, and in Geneva, you got World Health, you got UNESCO, you got all of them. That is the apparatus that runs things. And they're totally globalist. But as Ambassador Bremberg, who was the uh, ambassador, there's two ambassadors to the U.N., one that goes to New York 
which is the Nikki Haley, the other that goes and does the hard work, which is Geneva. And he's a pretty sophisticated guy. He said, Steve, when I got out there, I was stunned of how much the Chinese Communist Party is everywhere. They've staffed everything. Here's what I think is, is, is shocking to people, Naomi. If it hadn't been for Rogowski, who's a lone investigative reporter out in L.A., and then people like yourself getting on top of this, it, people are sitting there going, how much of this stuff is happening that we don't even see? If you didn't have Rogowski and then you didn't have Naomi and some other people jump on this thing, you would not know. We would never know about this. How much of this is actually going on day to day? Well, it's it's nonstop. And I, I think I hope that this audience by now sees all the interlocking pieces. All these pieces work together. They're trying to implement them all at once. And they, you know, again, they won't stop. So the same week or two weeks that we see the reintroduction of this treaty, and if you think that the global health police aren't scary, remember that HHS kind of diverted all of our taxpayer money over the last three years and essentially militarized it down to the, you know, county level, uh, keeping you in your home, doing horrible things to separate you from decision making about your child, you know, denying people uh, health care if they weren't vaccinated or denying them jobs, trying to impose mandates, doing awful things to us, um, you know, trying to create quarantine camps that here in New York State, we narrowly uh, diverted through massive opposition. But they're, you know, they, they succeeded in creating quarantine camps in places like Australia, New Zealand, certainly China. Um, and so that's just one piece of it. But the other piece happening in the same two weeks is Tony Blair declaring that there needs to be a global ID or a, a, a social credit score, basically, in Britain, um, and and making the statement that there needs to be kind of this global digital identifier, which we've been about, which we've been screaming since March of 2021, when we realized what a vaccine passport really was, which is a China-style social credit system, and the United States has declared that they're rolling out a digital currency um, and other countries also are rolling out a digital currency. So you should see, you should recognize by now that all these pieces want to interlock as well as the 15 minute cities. And I'm a big environmentalist, but they're definitely using um, climate change and uh, green energy and the, the need to create a green economy as a stalking horse for global totalitarianism and, you know, smart cities, 15 minute cities, um, you know, a massive centralization of economies. I didn't think they were really, these people were really communists till I read the Green New Deal a couple of years ago. And it actually centralizes the economy in the hands of 15 unelected Americans, basically. It's a Marxist centrally planned economy. So all of these things are locking into place. And I used to think that people who talked about, you know, Agenda 21 and um, Agenda 2030, which is these are kind of UN maps to a kind of um, digitized, surveilled, feudal global um, autocracy run by technocrats out of the UN, World Economic Forum, World Health Organization. I thought people who talked about that were crazy, but we all see that these are real policies that are really being rolled out by real globalists, um, you know, presented in Davos, rolled out six months to a year and a half later. And and we are we are the target. So we have to be hyper vigilant all the time. It is it is a battle. And I just want to add in closing that I've been saying to you, Steve, and to your audience that we're under attack. You have been saying it for a year. I think there's no doubt now it's a hot war, you know. Things are blowing up and derailing, sabotage, you know, derailment, um, explosions, attacks on our food supply uh, in multiple locations. And it's really escalating a balloon, you know, a spy balloon, another 
you know, all kinds of like structures are, are, are traversing our skies and it's being demonstrated to us that our sovereignty is a joke. Um, and if we can't read that, that, um, that theatrics, um, we're blind. So that's what I see happening. Real quickly, how do, how do people, um, because we're going to talk in a second about the reports and another, you know, another of these reports you're doing. So your call to actions get a lot of people motivated and your work product has been so powerful. People, hey, if I'm going to give my time or my money to Naomi, something good's going to happen. What's the call to action here? What, what, what do people need to do on this WHO situation? It's difficult. I mean, they have to do what they did before and we have to keep doing it. I mean, last time it was nothing but hundreds of thousands of people mobilizing to berate their elected officials to stop this signing of this treaty. Um, and people are going to have to do it again. They're going to have to scream and yell at their elected officials. Um, they're going to have to go to their state houses as well, because there's really interesting models we're seeing um, of states seceding from globalist plans, you know, uh, counties in Florida not taking COVID money, you know, not taking basically money, you know, uh, laundered from the CCP through the CARES Act and, and you know, all the way down to coerce us at the state and local level. Um, I think, you know, we have to pass legislation to to basically say we will never, and one one bill can do it, right? We will never be part of a global treaty that suspends our, our sovereignty in any way. I mean, that's supposed to be the constitution of the United States, but obviously that's not, you know, restraining these people, but we, we have to, we have to pass a bill, and now you guys are in the majority, so nothing should stop you. Okay, we're gonna get the we're gonna get the numbers. I think Michelle Bogman's gonna join us tomorrow, Friday. We're gonna get on top of this, get all the numbers, what you have to do, because this is another big one. Have a call to arms. Uh, you've got more research. I want to go back. I want to talk about the continuing. You know, they had this fiasco over at, at Veritas with these hits. So who knows if we're gonna see any more of those? What we have is is your research with the War Room Posse. These great uh, lawyers you have, Amy Kelly, the entire team. Give us the latest. I will. But before I do, I just want to say I know it's hard to imagine that you can pass legislation to say never will we be part of a treaty that suspends our national sovereignty, you know, given the Senate and this administration. But I think I think it's worth it's worth fighting that fight because I think there may be people who are as alarmed, you know, on both sides oh. of the aisle. Oh, I think, by the way, by the way, I think it's a great messaging thing. I want to get that out there. I think in 2024, people, people like yourself, people who would never work together, who think each other are enemies, all of a sudden start saying, well, hang on. I kind of agree with that. What, what is this? I think, I think these types of things you're going to see much more. We're, we're remaking politics right now in this country, right? right. With different alliances and different coalitions. So I think, like I said, Robert F. Kennedy, Robert F. Kennedy could jump into the Republican primary for president and... Only DeSantis and Trump, I think, would do better. Like I said, I, he, you could add up Nikki Haley and everybody else. Uh, now, I know he won't do that, but my point is, if you had said that a couple <laughs> of years ago, people would say, Steve, you're a nutcase, right? But now he's got such a on our audience, he's got a massive following. I mean, I think we sold 750,000 copies of the book, right? That's Just amazing. in the war room. He sold over a million and a half copies of the book, right? Or yeah. almost a million seven five now, I think. Yeah. It's incredible. People love this guy. But no, so, you're going to see different coalitions. I think part of it is like is like what what you've pulled together. Uh, you know, when you first came on the show, if you had told me a year and a half or two years later that Naomi Wolf would put out a personal call to action on the show and thirty five hundred 
volunteers from our vast audience would turn up and work like crazy and create mm-hmm. something that was historic and it's changing that. I said, no, it's not going to happen. But these kind of miracles, these mini miracles are, are, are coming along every day. And that's why I think people love getting you on here with your updates about what, what other what other bomb you drop on us, all right? And I, 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 Father McTeague is going to follow you with why we need Lent more than ever. So I want Naomi to go first. So you really feel like you need it before I get Father McTeague up. Um, right. So tell us about your latest. Yeah, you're going to really want um, any kind of repentance and, uh, you know, divine intervention after you hear this one. Um, you know, any any religion, I'll take it. It's like whatever, whatever works. Um, so this is Report 57, and uh, it's, you know, it, it's as shocking as any of them. And this is from uh, Joseph Garrett, MD, and I stress the MD, Barbara Garrett, MD, Dr. Chris Flowers, and Lori Britt, and these are Team One of the War Room Pfizer um, documents, the War Room Daily Club Pfizer documents volunteers team. And it shows that 542 neurological adverse events were reported to Pfizer in the first 90 days um, after their rollout began. 95% of those were serious and there were 16 deaths. Um, As in many, many of these reports, we see the same a trend or theme of women, really it's a war against women, women um, suffering and dying at disproportionate rates. In this case, uh, females suffered adverse events more than twice as frequently as males did. Um, So believe it or not, in this document, uh, 5.3.6, there's something called a system organ class of adverse events. And these are neurological, and these include altered function of the brain. And remember, we've been talking, and I wrote an essay about uh, people reporting personality changes, cognitive changes, dementias in their loved ones after vaccination. We know the mechanism for that now, sadly, spinal cord or peripheral nerves. So they, they remind you that all of these adverse events were in only 90 days, and key points include um, the 501 neurological events, of which 95% were serious, 16 patients died, as I mentioned. Now, yet again, and this is the third time there's this pattern, 50% of the events occurred um, within the first 24 hours after injection, equating to over 270 adverse neurological events in a single day. So, you know, the spokesmodels say correlation is not causation. We don't know it was the vaccine. Well, it's pretty clear it was the vaccine if it happened within 24 hours of the injection. 69% of the neurological events affected females, as mentioned. Um, there were 376 seizures reported, 12 of which were status epilepticus, a rare condition of prolonged seizure or a series of seizures that is life-threatening. There were 38 cases of multiple sclerosis uh, following this injection, 11 cases of transverse myelitis, which is a destructive inflammation of the spinal cord, 10 cases of optic neuritis, inflammation of the optic nerve, the the nerve of the eye threatening blindness, 24 cases of Guillain-Barré syndrome, ascending paralysis from nerve inflammation. You've seen that in influencers on social media showing their Guillain-Barré syndrome, their asymmetrical uh, faces with paralysis. Three cases of meningitis, which is infection and inflammation of the fluid and membranes surrounding the brain and spinal cord. Seven cases of encephalopathy, which is a disease of the brain that alters brain function or structure. And the hallmark is that 
altered mental state. Again, so many people saying, my loved one is explosive. He used to be so calm. My loved one, you know, it can't make decisions now. My loved one has no focus, altered mental states. Um, and only this is, you know, yet another example. This is just so evil and maddening of Pfizer doing kind of you know, Satan's science in the sense of lying, lying, lying with science. Um, in this case, and they've done this throughout, in this case, they only report adverse events that occurred two or more times are specifically reported in the diagnoses list. There are 20 serious events that happened just once, and thus Pfizer did not include them. So they peel down the real number by just arbitrarily saying if it has to happen twice in order to be recorded here as an adverse event. So, you know, this is yet another incredibly shocking report. We actually now know the mechanism, or at least what could be one mechanism, which is these lipid nanoparticles, which I go back to over and over, that for 10 years they've known they traverse every mem mem membrane in the human body. They also traverse the myelin sheath. And that's the, the, the sheath around the nerve. Um, and it's the sheath that allows for nervous conduction, for the electrical impulses of nerve conduction to be successful. So the lipid nanoparticles are degrading um, the sheath around the nerves that allow, allows the nerve to behave normally. And that's why that's one possible reason that you're getting all of these um, inflammatory conditions, all these deg degradings of um, neural function. Um, and it's absolutely heartbreaking. Where does this go from, uh, where do you go from here on this one? I mean, where do we go from here? You know, our, our, our lawsuits continue. Um, you know, the two teams are continuing to prosecute their lawsuits. Uh, but I, I know, let me ask you, I know we've, we've reached out to, to we've reached out to, to big pharma, to, to Pfizer and these guys, if they want to bring somebody on here, if they want, and we just get crickets. Um, have have you guys know. reached out? Is anybody on the, the team? Is anybody on your team reaching out? Or the, it's probably too early for the lawyers, but has anybody just reached out and say, hey, maybe we're misreading this. Maybe we don't have it correct. Could you help us out here? Do they have any hotline to walk people through the documents the federal court made them turn over? Um, this has been so extraordinary, Steve, because there's there's been no coverage zero coverage of these massive findings um no response from pfizer no response from pharma and no response from the legacy media except the kind of backtracking that you see um you know the, the major media doing as it becomes clear that they've debilitated and hurt and murdered a bunch of americans and people around the world um so we do have some contact with uh with pharma spokespeople um our wonderful reporter etana hecht went uh, undercover to a discussion for the kind of spokesmodel influencers. It was a public discussion um, and she recorded it and she wrote a piece about it um, and she basically asked, you know, what do what do we say to people, uh, you know, when, when they ask us about the damage that's now coming to light and she got kind of a non-answer from them. Um, I haven't formally reached out to Pfizer I, I will. I will tomorrow. I, I expect they won't respond to me. I certainly can reach out to Rochelle Walensky. I'll call her tomorrow. Um, I'll certainly call Carol Crawford, who is the target of my lawsuit because she uh, illegally colluded with Twitter and the White House and the CDC to um, deplatform and attack me after my correct warning to women about menstrual harms in June of 2021. Um, you know, I'll, I'll try, but I think their method is pretty clear. Uh, memory hole it, hope 
hope we go away, hope that we get boxed in to alternative media and to talking to um, conservatives who don't hold the major microphone right now in terms of American media. Um, and, you know, they've got the big guns, uh, you know, out, out lawyer us, out gun us, outweigh us. Um, and that's why I think it's so important for individuals to use the template that James Ostrowski, our lawyer, created where you can file um, criminal and civil complaints. Um, and I think it's also really, really important to ad advance the kind of legislation that we're seeing across the United States and also at the federal level to, for instance, strip um, impunity and, and immunity from uh, from pharma and allow, you know, end the PrEP Act, allow them to be sued. Um, but, it, it, you know, it's now time for criminal investigations. And I, you know, respectfully, I am waiting for the Republicans on the Hill to do more than you know, a theatrical dressing down of Rochelle Walensky. I mean, there's a lot more to be done. You know, that was barely a slap on the wrist. It's too too performative right now. How do people get to the site? How do they get to all these reports? How do they get the book? How do they get your bodies of others and all your content? Thank you. And I do want to say Daniel Horowitz, to his credit, is giving the War Room Daily Clout um, Pfizer documents uh, analysis reports book to elected officials at the state level. And he's trying to pass really good legislation at the state level. And we at Daily Cloud are partnering with him to help him. And I think that's a, a great way to go. I mean, there are a bunch of good bills um, to, you know, tie the hands of these people, if not to prosecute them yet. And, uh, so what you can do is you can you must please go to Kindle and look up War Room Daily Cloud Pfizer documents uh, analysis reports. Um, you can order them on Kindle, but very exciting. You can also pre-order. We're going to have a landing page up this week on Daily Cloud. You can pre-order your paperback so that you can physically, um, you know, as I said earlier, you know, plop this book down, all 500 plus pages on the desk of your um evil or negligent doctor, um, evil or neg negligent elected official, and uh, force them to confront the truth, um, the receipts, as, as Daniel Horowitz puts it, of this massive crime against humanity. And you can always come to us at dailyclout.io, become a member or support us. We're working so hard um, using all of your support to continue to hold these people accountable. And this, this document really is a map to prosecution. Uh, Naomi, fantastic work. We're going to come back to you on this WHO situation for next week, but really appreciate you coming on and all the hard work you guys are doing over there. Just incredible leadership. Thank you. Thank you so much, Steve. I appreciate you. Should, and should, awesome. should we run? Should we run? Should we run? Should Naomi Wolf run for the Senate in uh, in in uh, in in uh, New York State? Maybe we maybe we'll talk about that. Maybe in the Senate, take on Gillibrand and AOC or whoever else is going to run. Naomi Wolf. I, li <laughs> I kind of like that. I like I like I like the sound. I like the sound of that. <laughs> I like the sound of that. Um, well, I I am <laughs> denying um, that idea. So, um, lots of work for us all to do. Um, thank you so much. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. I want to bring in Father uh, Frank McTig uh, now. Uh, my one of my favorite books is uh, is Christendom Lost and Found. And normally, Father, when I think of you, it's one of the great books you've written. Uh, about you did the philosophy of of everyday life and uh, and, and this which is just a, a great uh, it nurtures you. I didn't think I'd find spiritual guidance in one of my favorite tabloids, the Boston Herald. But I'm <laughs> the Boston Herald, and I've got why we need Lent more than ever. Why do we need Lent more than ever, uh, Father? 
because we still haven't learned our lesson. The lesson is this. We're sinners who are called to be saints. We can't fix that problem on our own. Uh, we need to get free from the illusions and the addictions that the world, the flesh, and the devil offer us. And then we need to get free for the grace and glory that God desperately wants to, to give us. And because we get distracted, oh, shiny dances with stars is on. We decide that we're not, we don't really have to pay attention to God. We can just get on as business as usual, and then we're owed the happiness of heaven. And the reason that we get ashes on Ash Wednesday, I don't have mine yet because I haven't offered mass yet, is to remind us that business as usual is over business as usual is going to kill us. It's time for us to get serious uh, that Christ crucified, is Christ risen, is Christ reigning, is Christ returning, and we have to get ready for those great events. Father, talk to, we have a large evangelical audience and, and obviously Jewish and, and, and people that are secular. Sure. Walk through Ash Wednesdays mm-hmm. today. Uh, what is it? What is it? Right. And we've got about two minutes here, and we'll hold you through the break. Ash Wednesday today, but then there's 40 days sure. of Lent. Walk us through the the, the power of it. Okay. And what's, in, what, what's in, the structure in brief, of it? We know that the, the the Sunday before Easter is Palm Sunday, and we pass out palms in our churches and, and wave them around, uh, and then we we burn them afterwards. And those ashes are what we are marked with on Ash Wednesday. Uh, the traditional formula when we're marked with ashes to say, "Remember, man, that thou art dust, and unto dust thou shalt return." And this is something that the evangelicals will understand very well. When you die, are you going to go to heaven? And if we die as sinners rather than saints, the answer is no. So we spend 40 days in fasting, prayer, sacrifices, uh, contemplating Christ crucified so that we can enter into the joy and glory of Easter, not only in April, but also at, at our death as well. So it's 40 days of rigorous sacrificial preparation uh, to get us ready for Easter. And the celebration of Easter is meant to get us ready for eternity. Father, can you just hang on one second? I want to just, we're going to take a short break. Sure. I want to bring you back on the other side. Certainly. Father Frank McTague, Certainly. one of the, uh, one of the uh, one of the uh, most articulate Jesuits out there. We also have Mike Davis. We we're at the Supreme Court on this massive tech uh, lawsuit the other day. It got quite complicated, and quite frankly, at the oral arguments, it wasn't co- kind of your normal oral arguments. It didn't go quite well. I think for either side, we're gonna get Mike Davis in here. Of course, uh, Joe Allen is gonna be here with more updates on transhumanism and particularly artificial intelligence. Short commercial break. We're going to be back in the war room on Ash Wednesday in a moment. Starting the new year, how will you prepare yourself, friends, and family? In the news, you're seeing constant government overreach, attacks on our communication and energy grid, worldwide conflicts, natural disasters, and the never-ending assault on our security and privacy. And relying on your cell phone in these scenarios simply won't cut it. That's why over the last year, I've been partnering with Satellite Phone Store to help you stay prepared and ensure your vital communications stay brighter. They're one of America's largest satellite companies with thousands of happy, well-prepared customers. For a limited time, Satellite Phone Store has a special promotional offer when you go to sat123.com slash Bannon. That is sat, S-A-T, 123.com slash Bannon. Get a bivy stick or an Imarsat satellite phone included with an annual agreement. Remember, 
that you get a bivy stick or a Marsat satellite phone included with an annual agreement. Now, Satellite Phone Store's customer support team is located in the United States of America and can help you pick the best plan for you. Go to sat.com right now. That's sat123.com slash Bannon. Sat123.com slash Bannon. And get your device today. Don't put it off. Life can change in an instant. That is sat123.com slash Bannon. Sat123.com slash Bannon. Get it today. Take action, action, action. In my younger days, I was a naval officer on a destroyer. In fact, I was the A-gang officer in charge of all the engineering systems that were not main propulsion. And one of those was air purification. And I can tell you, the standards of the United States Navy are second to none. If all home air purifiers are the same, why did the U.S. Department of Defense select EnviroCleanse to protect and purify the air on board our Navy ships. Because of Viroclans, advanced mineral technology goes beyond ordinary HEPA filters to destroy airborne illness causing cold and flu viruses, including COVID. And Viroclans is the new science in air purification. And now you can order one for your home. This is how you help stop colds and flus from taking your whole family down. This is how you destroy allergy and flaming toxins and mold from the air your family breathes. In fact, this hospital-grade technology is so powerful that it promises far fewer colds and allergies and better sleep. Visit ekpure.com. That's ekpure.com. And use the code STEVE for 10% off your EnviroCleanse home purification unit. You also receive a free air quality monitor, plus fast, free shipping. That's $150 savings right there. That's ekpure.com, code Steve. ekpure.com, code Steve. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a small retail business almost $80,000. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a manufacturing business nearly two hundred and fifty grand. And COVIDtaxrelief.org just got a large distribution business, almost $900,000. If you run a business, church, or nonprofit and paid your employees through all or part of the pandemic, you could qualify for up to $26,000 per employee through the government's CARES Act. But beware of clickbait or pay upfront companies who make you do the work and take a huge percentage of your refund. COVIDtaxrelief.org receives a low reasonable commission only after you receive your refund. And with 300 CPAs and tax experts, no one is better at getting you the maximum benefit than COVIDtaxrelief.org. Visit COVIDtaxrelief.org now because this plan expires soon. That's COVIDtaxrelief.org, COVIDtaxrelief.org. The refund examples are not a guarantee, and not all businesses qualify. That's why you have to check today with COVIDtaxrelief.org. War Room Battleground with Stephen K. Bannon. Father McTeague is with us on Ash Wednesday. Father McTeague is the author of the best-selling book, Real Philosophy for Real People. Father, why, why 40 days? Why the rigor? Why the fasting, the abstinence, uh, the prayer, the meditation? Why all of it? 
Well, 40 is a very biblically significant uh, number. You know, our Lord spent 40 days in, in, in the desert. Uh, the, the Hebrew people spent 40 years wandering in the desert. So we have 40 days to prepare ourselves for Easter. Why, why the rigor, why the fasting? I want to draw an analogy. Recently, the Navy said it was going to lower its physical standards in order to meet its recruitment goals. That's not how warriors are made. Uh, spiritually, Christians are, are meant to be warriors. You know, Ephesians 6, put on the whole armor of God. 1 Peter 5, the devil is a roaring lion. If we only play at being sinners, we can only play at being saved. And if we can't discipline our appetites for something as so simple as not eating a hamburger on a Friday in Lent, what are we going to do when the world, the flesh, or the devil offer us the really good stuff, when they start to offer us power and money and, and so on? An alcoholic knows that he can't play at trying to get sober. It's all the way in or he's going to die. Likewise, as sinners, we have to train to be warriors. We know that, that sin will kill us. It will deprive us of the happiness of heaven and that the world gets to us through the flesh. So an imitation of the rigors and disciplines of, of our crucified Lord we take on these challenges, not out of contempt for the body, but respect for body and soul together. By the way, the articles in the Boston Herald, we're going to put it up everywhere on our, all our sites and in the chat rooms right now. Grace Chung and, and Captain Banner would do it. Also, the book Christendom Lost and Found, a, uh, uh, essays for a post-post-Christian world. Very powerful. And, of course, real philosophy for real people. Father, what, what is your website? What's your social media? How do people follow you, sir? Uh, go to heraldofthegospel.org, heraldofthegospel.org, and you can find my daily show, The Catholic Current, at thestationofthecross.com. Father, uh, honored to have you on here. Thank you very much for joining us on Ash Wednesday. Th thank you so much. A happy privilege. Look forward to next time. Great. Thank you, sir. Mike Davis. By the way, I got Joe Allen with a, another blockbuster um uh, transhumanist, but Mike, I, I want to get you in here because there's been a lot of confusion. People reached out to me, and, and you've been our Sherpa in all this, the guide. What happened the other day? You've been on, we got to get the big tech, and we got to take big tech apart, and then we had this huge case in the Supreme Court, but the reporting has been, were the judges not up to speed? Did the justices not know what's going on? Were the arguments bad? It seems like it was more than any other thing that's happened recently in one of these big cases, a fairly chaotic oral argument. Am I misreading that? Well, I mean, you have to you have to look at the cases here. These are these are not exactly the perfect vehicles uh, to challenge Section 230. Um, in the Gonzalez case, what they're looking at is whether uh, whether uh, these big tech platforms are both in both cases. It's whether these big tech platforms are aiding and abetting or providing substantial assistance to terrorism under our American anti-terrorism laws, so these families can recover. For the deaths of their their, their kids, one in uh, uh, in these terrorist attacks, and in the Gonzalez case, you have to look at two things: whether these algorithms that big tech uses radicalized these terrorists and caused these people to go on to commit these terrorist acts. Was that substantial assistance, or uh, uh, aiding and aiding and abetting terrorism under the Anti-Terrorism Act? And if it is, does Section 230 protect the big tech platforms? from uh, being sued under, under Section 230. In the second case that the court heard today, it was just the aiding and abetting substantial assistance theory. 
these are these are tough cases for the court to decide because Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act of 1996 is written pretty broadly, um, and the the courts have to decide uh, whether in the Gonzalez case whether uh, algorithms are are exempt from Section 230. And in the uh, the uh, the case today, the Twitter case today, the the court has to decide whether allowing a terrorist to use Twitter is providing substantial assistance to these to these uh, uh, to, to terrorism. So I don't think that the the court's not up to speed in these in these issues. They have to hear cases in every different issue uh, um, imaginable. It's just these are very tough cases under Section 230. Um, what I think at the end of the day, what it's going to have to come down to, Steve, is Congress needs to amend Section 230. They can't expect the court to do their work for them. Congress needs to amend Section 230. We passed Section 230 back in 1996 to protect these Internet infants, CompuServe, Prodigy, America Online, from being sued off the map by the publishers based upon what their users post, defamatory comments that their users post on these online messaging boards and fast forward 27 years and these internet infants are now trillion dollar big tech monopolists, Google, Amazon, Facebook, and Apple. And it's through this very bad combination of antitrust amnesty and section 230 immunity that these big tech platforms have way too much power. The courts, I, 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 I agree with the plaint, the plaintiffs here, the courts have, uh, have misinterpreted, interpreted too broadly their immunity under Section 230 over the last 27 years. But Congress needs to update uh, our century-old antitrust laws. Congress needs to update Section 230. Maybe we do a carve-out. Maybe for the smaller uh, companies, if you have maybe a $600 billion market cap or less, you can get Section 230 immunity so long as you don't discriminate based upon viewpoint. And anyone above that market cap of $600 billion or whatever it is why do they need the training wheels? Why do they need Uncle Sam's coddling? Why do we need to keep protecting these trillion-dollar big tech companies like Google, Amazon, Facebook, and Apple when they're profiting off of revenge porn and terrorist videos and all the other filth that they peddle online? Are you comfortable? Uh, are you comfortable where we are in the House right now on the hearings and, and what you feel needs to be done? If the courts are not going to bail us out, you got to do it through investigation and through legislature. Legislation. Are you happy? Are are you because you're pretty aggressive? Or do you think we're far enough down the road now, or do you think it's still going way too slow? Um. Look, I've been a, I've been a critic of uh, of Jim Jordan and Kevin McCarthy. I'm trying to give them running room here to get up and running, but we need to get moving. We need to get moving on these investigations. Uh, we need to get serious. We need to get more converts out of House Republicans on holding big tech accountable. We need aggressive oversight of the Biden Justice Department. We can't have two systems of justice in America, uh, one for Biden his supporters and a different one for Trump and his supporters. Uh, our, our Justice Department has been politicized, it's been weaponized. We've known this for a long time. Big tech is too big, too powerful. It needs broken up. We need to get rid of their antitrust amnesty and, and Section 230 immunity. Uh, I, I've seen I've seen, uh, you know, House Oversight Chairman James Comer off to a running start. He's doing a fantastic job. Uh, I hope that the other uh, uh, House committee chairman get moving because 
we have a short window of opportunity to do oversight before we get back into presidential election mode and this all gets tuned out. Uh, real quickly, uh, Jared and Ivanka got uh, Jack Smith subpoenaing them today for the for the D.C. grand jury. But you had a, this grand jury foreman in in Fulton County has been doing a media blitz. I, I don't ever remember. A, I thought grand jury proceedings were secret. Uh, can you tell us what's going on here in your opinion? And, and is this clouding whatever Fulton County did? Is that going to be thrown out? What are your thoughts on that? Well, this Fulton County, Georgia, uh, grand jury forewoman is a nut job. Uh, she is a Wiccan witch. She's doing a media tour on CNN and MSNBC. And she's even making the Democrats cringe because she's completely destroying any case that the Fulton County DA could have against Trump. But yet they don't have a case. It's not a crime to politically jawbone people related to political matters. There's a, that's protected by the First Amendment. Nothing that President Trump did in Georgia is illegal. Even if he's trying to twist arms to get politicians to do things, that's not illegal. That's the political process. So we have this bogus Fulton County investigation, this hoax like they've done many, Democrats have done many times against Trump for many years. But this Fulton County uh, forewoman going on CNN and MSNBC, first of all, She's probably breaking the law because under Georgia statute, she has a she has a legal obligation to keep these proceedings confidential. So I don't know what she's thinking. I don't know if she's trying to be the Michael Avenatti and Julie Swetnick, you know, the, from the, the Kavanaugh confirmation. I don't know if, they're, they're, if she's just trying to pop onto the scene to to get fame and fortune. But any case that Fulton County uh, may have had against Trump and his supporters is now out the window. Do you think, just real quick for you, you think that the DA in Fulton County signed off on this? You think she just solo? And if she's not signed off, wouldn't they have shut it down after she talked to the AJC, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, before she hit the New York Times and CNN and everybody? It's the most bizarre thing I've seen. Do you think the DA signed off on it? I mean, it, it, from what I understand from this Fulton County DA, the DA is a goofball, a, a Democrat a partisan operative. So who knows? Uh, but... This forewoman going on CNN and MSNBC and doing her media tour uh, completely undermines the grand jury investigation, the grand jury reports. Uh, I, I don't see how there's any way now that the Fulton County DA can move forward with charges after this, uh, this forewoman has gone out and maybe broke Georgia law by opening her mouth and completely politicizing uh, this investigation and frankly showing what a joke it is. This Fulton County poor woman is out there complaining that she hopes that uh, that Trump is indicted because it, uh, because the D.A. investigation, grand jury investigation, took so much of their time. It's just bizarre. Yeah, it's bizarre. And she could swear Trump in a thing. It's just bizarre. Mike, how do people get to you, sir? What are your coordinates? Uh, article three uh, project dot org, article number three project dot org at article three project at article number three project. And my personal is M.R.D. DMIA at MRD DMIA. And thank you, Steve. And by the way, uh, you want to if his getters got tons of information, get him on getter. But if you want to, if you like it a little spicy, follow him on Twitter too. Mike Davis. Thank you very much, sir. Honored to have you on thank here. You. We got a cold open from Joe. It's another stunning one. Let's go ahead and play it. And we're bringing in Joe Allen. 
So uh, in, in our current sovereign nation state system, fear is a major factor. So fear of nuclear war, you know, another war. We really need a world government for, for these kinds of reasons. We want, we want to get rid of war. What a, what a waste. Uh, I'm a former brain builder. I, I was building China's first artificial brain before I retired. And there are projects like this popping up like mushrooms all over the planet. So in the 2020s, this research will have moved over to D, you know, R&D. So research will move more into development. Artificial intelligence will keep increasing. So the gap between machine intelligence level and human intelligence level, that gap will close. This century's global politics will be dominated by this issue. When do you think the singularity is coming? Uh, Ray Kurzweil says 2045. Suppose in 2025, Google DeepMind or my own AI team in SingularityNet and OpenCog, like one of us manages to create an AI that is essentially as, as smart as a, as a human being. Like how far are you from a true singularity? Because this AI can then copy itself. You and can make a million of those, and right? Improve and improve itself. So the potential for superintelligence kind of lies dormant in matter, much like the power of the atom lies dormant uh, throughout human history, patiently waiting there until 1945. In this century, scientists may learn to awaken the power of artificial intelligence. And I think we might then see an intelligence explosion. Oxford professor Nick Bostrom, I think of him as sort of a mouthpiece of the zeitgeist. Um, and he sort of wrote this paper back in 2019 called the Vulnerable World Hypothesis, sort of and it outlines all these different existential risks, climate change, nuclear weapons, um, runaway nanotechnology, the robots killing everybody, the, the AI killing everybody, runaway bioweapons, et cetera, et cetera. And there are four things that must be done to stabilize the world. Number one, restrict technological development. Number two, ensure that there does not exist a large population of actors representing a wide and recognizably human distribution of motives. Number three, establish an extremely effective preventive policing. And number four, you need to establish effective global governance. You know, in the sort of quasi-mythological New Testament account, the, the slogan of the Antichrist is peace and safety. Perhaps we should fear the Antichrist, perhaps we should fear the one world totalitarian state uh, more than Armageddon. And I know this is called the World Government Summit, but um, I think we should be maybe a little bit concerned about uh, actually becoming too much of a single world government. Um, if, if I may say that we want to avoid creating a civilizational risk by having, um, frankly, this may sound a little odd, too much cooperation between governments. I don't believe in a single global government all over the world. I think it's a bad idea. It's not only won't work, it's, it's really a bad idea. Mm. We need better cooperation between nation states. I think that the key message is not that we need to replace nation states with a global government. No, we need nation states working together on their common interests. We are facing a completely new threat that we have never known before. In brief, Technology now enables the creation of completely new totalitarian regimes, digital dictatorships. For the first time in history, it's possible to monitor all the people all the time. It wasn't possible in the Soviet Union. It wasn't possible in Nazi Germany. It is becoming possible now. And we are just now 
where we move into the exponential phase. Artificial intelligence, but not only artificial intelligence. The metaverse, neospace technologies, synthetic biology, who masters those technologies in some way will be the master of the world. Yeah, Klaus Schwab has is, uh, is got my definition uh, there, uh, Joe Allen. Tell us what we just saw and the importance of that for this audience. Steve, you know, we've been talking about this. The tension you see there is between those who want to drive forward the singularity. They admit that it's extremely dangerous, and so they propose world government as a way to mitigate the dangers and to control and harness the power of that singularity. That includes Hugo de Garris, that includes Ben Goetzel, and that includes Nick Bostrom. On the other side, you have people who are also, by and large, accelerationists, with the exception of maybe Harari. And they are arguing, and, and you can hear from, I mean, you see these are high-level conversations. They're discussing this, right, the possibility of global government. And they're arguing against it. You have Peter Thiel, who's arguing against it from a somewhat Christian perspective. Uh, you have Elon Musk, who argues against it from a much more secular, worldly perspective. And you have Yuval Noah Harari, whom most people would associate with the kind of conspiracy towards uh, world government. But he has, many, on many occasions, that being just a, one of them, argued against it. And then, of course, you have Klaus Schwab, who... You know, does he argue for anything? All he argues is this is happening. We should get it under control. Whether or not he's open to global government or not, that's an open question. I think the importance of this is they're twofold, really. One, anyone who has looked at the development in artificial intelligence in detail over the last five to ten years knows that the, the sort of complacency that one could rest in to believe that it's just a gimmick, that it's just garbage in, garbage out, that it's just programmed, that you can just pull the plug on it. I understand why that would be an impression someone would have. None of those are really true. To the extent that artificial intelligence continues on the path that it's going, it is able to make its own decisions. It does not, it is not programmed in the sense that you would say it just simply has rules that it follows. It learns from huge amounts of data. And to the extent you can steer it, you steer it, but it makes its own observations and decisions. And as that rockets forward to something like a singularity, whether it meets that full definition or not, it endangers our way of life. It endangers our way of thinking. It endangers our way of being. And if it were to actually break out and begin to wreak havoc on the digital prison that we have created around ourselves, then it would kill off some number of human beings, if not all of us. The option of global government, I don't think is acceptable either. So we're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place here, Steve. And we're going to work our way through it. What a better way to... Uh to uh, conclude our Ash Wednesday broadcast and what a better way to kick off the 40 days and 40 nights of, uh, of Lent. Uh, Joe, where do people go to get all your brilliant uh, writing? Got a new piece up, Mental Jigsaw, How AI Carves Out Space in Your Brain. 
It's about how these technologies affect human psychology. Uh, it's up at jobot.xyz. It's up at warroom.org under the transhumanism tab. And it's at the top of my social media, at J-O-E-B-O-T-X-Y-Z at Ditter and Twitter. Thank you very much, Steve. Happy Ash Wednesday. Joe Allen, thank you very much, sir. Appreciate it. Uh, okay, we're going to be back tomorrow morning. Uh, we're going to go actually try to pick up uh, a little of Ed and Karen. I think they're going to be live in uh, East Palestine, Ohio. We'll start there. But we've got a lot to get through tomorrow as we chop our way through the early days of the Third World War right here in the war room. See you tomorrow morning. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplug Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged Suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. Folks, let me tell you about Soul Tea. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out.